0: Hello and welcome to episode 447 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I am Carlos and in this week's show we have more unruly behaviour in the skies, I break down the real costs of learning to fly in the UK, get those wallets ready, and Armando brings us some sad news about the Reno Air races. In the military news this week, the AC-130 gunship unleashes hell on a Korean island, and the U.S. Air Force's mobility and transport fleet go incognito. So, not, join- not joining us this week. Actually, I'll start with this week is uh, our very own Neville Bounds. He is unfortunately um, on his way back from Scotland. I think, oh. isn't he? At oh. uh, the moment. So, yeah. He's, uh, he's on his way back, but he has got a very special report to bring us next week on the show. Oh, apparently, all about uh, a certain ground handler and an airline, so more on oh, that really? next week. But he's back with us this week over in the PTUK Master Suite studios, and he's uh, pushing all the right buttons this week. <laughs> it's Matt Smith. What, you mean I'm not normally? How rude. <laughs> <laughs> always
1: always pushing the right buttons. <laughs> Indeed, yes. How are you? You've now uh, he's been very modest here, but Carlos has actually had a bit of a rough week, haven't you, mate? Let's yeah, it's not it's yeah. not been the best week for no, me. No, no. not
0: since last week anyway, but no. um uh, health wise. You're on you're on the mend, yeah? And, yeah, slowly, yeah. thank God. Good. yeah. 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 Um, I'm actually, I'm actually, have, this is my first beer in over a week.
2: Yeah, so Which, and everybody
0: knows Carlos knows that's a very bad thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the, the potions, lotions, and pills are working. Ooh. You know how to treat yourself, don't you? <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, I spoil myself. <laughs> and also joining us this week over across the pond in the beautiful, sunny US of A, it is, of course, Armando.
3: Hello team. Uh Nev did tell tell us that he wasn't going to be on the show so I had to actually scramble to be on this show because Nev wasn't going to be here. Yeah, of course,
1: absolutely. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the contract is still very much in place yeah. then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now we've had a very weird day weather weatherwise Armando. We have literally had about <laughs> 15 seasons in the last 5 hours before it went dark. I mean, is, is it, have you have you just had like one weather today or
3: <laughs> No we're actually kind of in the same boat it was beautiful it was in the 80s this weekend and now it is just cold it is cloudy it's rainy it's back to winter we're going to be back in the 20s uh, fahrenheit in the evenings for the next week or so but um i don't know if we'll talk about it later but i had this beautiful flight to key west this week and it it couldn't have been any more beautiful it was it was awesome
1: yeah absolutely we had um yeah, we we've had as I say we've, we've had a very strange day. Yeah, we've had a strange day today. It's been. St- I woke up this morning uh, uh, and it was all sunny and lovely, and then uh, I think it was, was it was about eleven o'clock. We got our first flurry of random snow yeah. from literally nowhere, yeah. and then like it snowed for about ten minutes, and then uh, and then it cleared and it was completely blue skies and glorious, and it all disappeared again. Then it reappeared, sleet, <laughs> sleety. Then it turned into Highly proper snow, stuffed. and then it's like snowed snow. really properly for about an hour and then it started to lay and everything and then out came the sun again and it was all gone (laughs) i don't know what's going on it's been absolutely bonkers today
0: oh dear what about you what about our guest what's the weather been doing there yes joining us this week i'll tell you what we are really we're we're sort of we're pulling all the stops out for this guest this week (laughs) and uh it's safe to say he's been a listener of the show for a little while and he kind of lurks around the chat room every now and again <laughs> in there. Oh, so it gives me great pleasure to welcome on to the show fellow aviation enthusiast. It is, is of course, Nick Codling.
4: Hi, everybody. Nice to be back. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I did get a call from Andy's agent. Um, <laughs> He was uh, you know, making some strange accusations about irregularities with payments. And, oh, and, dear. Oh. And show fees not being being met. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like again, Andy. So yeah, yeah. You've had, you had to reach right to the end of the subs bench. And, uh, yeah, there I was that. So, yeah you'll have to put out with me tonight you
1: are more than welcome i can assure you no, it's I,
0: lovely uh, to have you on yeah
1: andrew hall by the way has sent me a load of photographs uh, by the way unfortunately i'm having some issues at the moment getting them out of the whatsapp thing at the moment but uh, he, his pictures basically verify what we're saying it's like mm. he was saying they were literally two hours apart one where it was just wet and then, and then suddenly the airfield is covered in snow incredible stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's been it's been a nice yeah. it. it's, now, it's, now drop, it's no it's no the and it's snow it's on my outside outside thermometer here it's yes. saying it's it's um 0. 0.9 of a degree oh very exciting what what's it been doing where, where you are nick
4: oh well i live in, down in devon so obviously it's been bikini weather
1: i've got well, yes, true good point yes i'd forgotten about that yes
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and, so and it's ne- down next week so we'll be interesting to see if he wears his
1: right and i think it'll be i i i feel it'll be a mankini rather than a you know there are standards to be maintained. Obviously, one has sure to keep to one has to maintain maintain one's dignity. Of course, when one <laughs> Devon, is, a lovely yes. part of the country. Oh, it is,
0: isn't it? Lovely yeah, part of the country. Yeah. Where, where's your uh, Where's your nearest and dearest airfield, Nick? Well, actually, my
4: office is quite near to the end of um, the main runway for Exeter. Oh, uh, nice. And so and and the last couple of weeks well actually over the last few months in fact we've, we've had quite a lot of military stuff doing touch and goes Oh uh, so yeah quite a few uh, C130s uh, A400s that kind of stuff uh, a lot of Merlins as well those, those <gasps> Whirly helicopter things that uh, I know Max Oh I
1: thought you meant as in like planes with the Merlin engine I was getting all quite excited Sadly not no <laughs>
4: you know, although they do they do do the uh, the passenger flights out of Exeter <gasps> in the, in the, in the uh, twin seater, oh nice Spitfire in the summer, yeah. So, um, yeah, occasionally you will see one of those buzzing over over the office, which is pretty cool. Love that, yeah.
3: love that. That's, you that know, sounds, every, sounds... every year they do the uh, giveaway, the, the sort of raffle for the for the ride in the two seat Spitfire. I couldn't enter. I was ready to spend some money on that, and I couldn't enter because I was a U.S. citizen living. No, no. it's only open um... to British citizens. Yeah. What? Must have been an insurance thing.
1: Probably, probably. I mean, surely you could just sign your life away on that for some, for an opportunity like that, couldn't you? I mean, you're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I would have. Yeah. I'm in, I'm insured. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I have
1: my own. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you guys, uh, have you guys ever seen the uh, Secondhand Lions? You yeah. need to watch the Secondhand Lions. It's an old right. movie. It's from the '80s. But how they go in the end is is exactly how that that would have panned out. <laughs> I, won't, I won't ruin it, because now everybody's got to go watch it. Right, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Spoilers everyone, spoilers.
0: Uh... <laughs> now we've got some, uh, got some news coming up in a little bit about something that uh, you might all need to go and watch, or you might not go and need to watch, depending on what the reviews yeah. you've heard for the show. But going to say hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room tonight because loads of people in there tonight, lovely to see you all in there, going to start at the top of the list, uh, as always Richard Adams first in uh, the room this week, hello to you Richard, uh, Hobby Time, hello to Hobby Time, Lee Davies, hello to Lee, he's obviously got a pint in hand no doubt, uh, our very local Mazous is in the chat room to you as well, hello to you Mazous, good to see you in there, Uh, we have got uh, Nick Codling funnily enough in the chat room this week I know that name from somewhere joining us joining us in both areas Aaron P hello to you as well Neville Bounds was in there but I I don't know where he is now (laughs) hopefully
1: catching a plane I think
0: he is yeah Mm. Flyer152 hello to you as well our main man uh, Uncle Micah is in there wielding the blue spanner of doomed kick out anyone who kicks off love it uh we have got the lovely masha in there as well hello to you masha hope you are keeping warm uh, across where you are also john jester he is in poland where i expect there's probably about minus six million or something Mm. there in poland and scrolling down captain ridiculous wits wouldn't be the show chat room without captain ridiculous wits in there uh, we've got Rick Bell. Hello to Ooh, a bit of royalty. Rick Bell. Yeah. Bit of royalty podcast royalty. Rick Bell is also joining us this evening. Do you, uh, do
1: you know what? Do you know what? While, while while I sorry to interrupt you, I was actually looking. On. I was actually looking at some photos today oh, this week of of, of when we, when we first met, Rick.
2: And yeah. we went out to Pittsburgh. Oh, oh that was a trip. That, that was, was a hell
1: of trip a trip. That yeah. was
0: yeah, yeah, so, so good.
1: I, I think that was one of those. Where, I think that was before Armando,
0: wasn't it? 2017, Ooh, I think. think that was. Yeah. 2017 was, was Wings of a Pittsburgh. I think it was
3: shortly before I joined the team. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That, I wanna, Rick, we need to do another pick Pittsburgh. We do. Get that, get that done. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah,
1: if you could arrange that air, air show specially,
0: I'd be really grateful. <laughs> yeah, just for, yeah, for yeah, PT I mean,
1: there's no real work involved in something like that, obviously.
3: <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Bill, Bill's in here as well. Hello to you, Bill. Uh, real quick, uh, this is a bit of a teaser, but Captain Ridiculous, which uh, James Ga- Graves-Brown is actually working on a special interview for us, for the PTUK family, Ooh. It's something we talked about a couple months ago, and it has to do with uh, um, model flying, so <gasps> uh, RC flying and radio control flying, what? something that none of us knew anything about, and he actually has a great connection uh, there in New Mexico, where he lives, and they're actually working on an interview together.
0: Carlos, 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 Carlos. Yes, yeah, so I did get the email from, uh, from James uh, about mm. that, so that's good. Yeah. Carlos, 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 yes. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. It's, uh, there's, a, there's a 2025,
1: I hope, Rick Bell has replied with.
0: Oh, <gasps> yes, 2025. Oh. Why, why? Get that in your diaries,
1: why? everyone, quick. Get that in the diaries. Reserve the entire year, ready. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be the way
0: forward. The family will reunite. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. If you are joining us via the realms of an audio podcast, don't forget we are on we are on YouTube every Friday mm-hmm. nine at uh, seven o'clock. Uh, if you can't find us, we are on there just find or search for Plain Talking UK, and uh, don't forget to click on the bell icon and that uh, notification and uh, follow the whatever it is the follow us icon thing. I've got the notes here and I'm not even reading. <laughs> Subscribe. There we go. Subscribe button. Hit that as well to be notified when uh, Matt is laughing about something I've said wrong. Rude. Because we'd love you to join us in the chat room with us each week. Now, in all seriousness, this week uh, on the the old telebox uh, on Netflix uh, on Wednesday. I think it was the eighth. The eighth, eighth was Wednesday, wasn't it? Mm. The eighth of March. Yeah, eighth of March, Wednesday. Netflix released a three part uh, new. Um, documentary series, all based on the MH370 uh, that disappeared. Uh, It's three episodes in total of the series. The series features interviews with a variety of family members of the missing passengers and crew, scientists and journalists as well. And Many of the interviewees share their theories on what they think happened to the aircraft, which has left viewers of the series with some complaints. Now, the producer of MH370, the plane that disappeared, Harry Howland, has touched on a lack of conclusive uh, answers, saying the aim of the documentary was to raise profile on the story. Now, we've got a little promo to play it for those of you who may not have seen it uh, advertised, but it is on Netflix now for you to watch. So, Matt, if you want to play that promo, it's coming up right now.
3: Planes go up, planes go down. What planes don't do is just vanish off the face of the earth.
2: We have breaking news. Malaysia Airlines confirms it has lost contact with a plane carrying 227 passengers.
3: It seems to have vanished into the air. What do we tell the family members?
2: What do we tell the media?
0: My daughter asked me, "Where is Papa?" It's just so unimaginable. I felt completely shattered. I lived in denial about the plane having
2: some sort of crash. The monde s'arrête, quoi. Tout d'un coup, c'est pas possible. C'est un cauchemar.
3: reveillez moi What happens next is. Like a rip in the fabric of reality. Theories about the missing plane are going viral. It's possible it was hijacked. We don't know. This very mysterious and very suspicious cargo. The pilot's home flight simulator was removed by police. I have the real evidence. It's
1: there,
4: and you can't deny that.
3: Never in history have two hundred and thirty-nine people been declared dead on the basis of mathematics alone.
4: Some debris
1: has been found. Who planted there? Who brought the peace
2: there?
3: They are lying from the beginning. They are lying to the whole world. MH370 is not just an unsolved mass murder. It's potentially an act of war. How is it possible for an airline to disappear out
2: of name?
0: Someone knows the answer. The
2: question is who?
0: Wow! Wow! Well, yeah, I mean, wow. I've I've watched the first two. I watched the first one yesterday, and I watched the second one this afternoon. And um, it's it's coming for a lot of stick on social media. A lot of people are, are, are wading in with their size twelves over this series. Um, it's it is a mixture of oh, there's a food comments in the chat room. I should say as well. It is a mixture of stuff that's already been publicized on TV and various other documentaries and stuff. But I'd, I, you know, this this is going. I think this will go on forever and ever because they've not found it yet, and did, will they ever find it? I, I honestly don't know. Armando. Uh,
3: well, like I was saying before the show, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I've, I've only started to watch the. I'm about halfway through the first episode, so I'm still reserving judgment. Um, interesting that you know. I think it's cool that it was released on the same day nine years later. But um, I don't know. I, you know, do we'll you see. do you not think it is that in some respects it
1: is serving a purpose though? Because as you say, nine years has has sort of passed, if you like, time wise. I know the people who are watching this, listening to this, will have long long memories and will probably never forget the details of that flight. But do do you think this is this is purpose? You know, providing a purpose, if you like, to sort of stoke the memories and, and make sure that it doesn't just sort of dwindle off into well, into sure. history.
3: Imagine the the families of those involved and uh, the two two hundred and thirty nine people, and imagine the the people that were directly involved in, invest, in the investigation and the search and all that stuff. This is this is a monumental event in their lives, and I think mm. you know, for for the average consumer, it does bring it back, and 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 especially Netflix does these kinds of documentaries to keep things fresh in people's minds. Obviously it's Hollywood is sensationalized. They have to cater to the masses. I think we in the podcast, you know, aviation podcast community are probably going to take a little bit different view on it. Probably a little bit more critical of it, but at the end of the day, you know, is it, is it a bad thing? It's, I don't know, it's still... And, and
1: I, I mean, I'm sort of thinking it's like one of these things, isn't it, where um, you, somebody who's watched that documentary might be on holiday, for example, and they might spot some, something and think, oh, that's weird, and maybe report it. And, you, do, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, yes, I completely understand where people are coming from in terms of thinking, you know, I mean, uh, Masha, for example, say, is saying that sounds like one long, massive clickbait, um, and... Uh, to, uh, to a large degree, I I, I accept um, that very much as the potential premise, but I, I, don't, I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, I feel, I feel like it might help, perhaps I'm being naive, I don't know. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, well, we'll see, we'll uh, see what everyone thinks about it yeah. when it's... Um... And when they've watched all three episodes, like yeah. I said, I've watched the first two. And I, is...
1: I'd, I'd love to read out Lee Davis's comment, but I daren't for fear of being sued. So, we'll Oh, leave... my word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: We'll leave that one there. Uh... Anyway, so that uh, that is out uh, on Netflix now to watch, mm. should you want, want one will.
1: Do you know what? I will probably watch it, and perhaps this is going to be the worst programme for me to watch, because I don't actually know a great deal about it. Um, and mm. I, I mean oh, I, I don't know how much I don't know how you know historically accurate the
0: content may be that's you'll, you'll find out what happened yeah, yeah, and you'll okay. find out what happened in the aftermath and it'll probably throw up 150,000 questions for you to ask in next next week's show so yeah okay yeah,
1: alright yeah. yeah. All okay. right. yeah I will, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I will do I will sit down I'm not doing anything on Sunday have a watch I, I will sit down and I will try and gobble all three episodes on Sunday and report back next week there you go brilliant yeah. from someone who knows nothing about
0: aviation I'll report back next week right so we better go get on and do some commercial aviation news because okay. we've got lots to get through what? this week as me. opposed to speculation you mean as opposed to speculation <laughs> we're going to get we're going to move on with some actual news that actually happened and Ooh. actually is actual breaking with tradition, lovely,
2: let's <laughs> actually. go actually please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts.
0: Well, first news story this week, and this is actually news, uh, it comes to us from glasgowtimes.co.uk, and a new budget airline is coming soon to Glasgow. So for those of you who live up north uh, in Glasgow here in the UK, uh, the new airline, well, a newer, uh, newish airline, I should say, I think uh, Armando, you've flown with these guys, uh, Play, a low-cost airline based in Iceland, has announced a newest route between Glasgow and International Airport and Keflavik Airport in Iceland. Uh, tickets go on sale this week with the first flight departing on May the 26th this year. Travellers can fly direct to Keflavik in Iceland to explore or connect with plays for US destinations which are New York, uh, Boston, Baltimore, and Washington, and Washington-Dulles, uh, or Toronto and Canada from June. Uh, flights from Glasgow to Iceland start at £69 per person for one-way flights, and US flights start at £169 per person one-way. Uh, the airline will operate four flights per week over the summer months on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays and Wednesdays will not operate from the autumn. The airline are going to operate the route with a 180 seat Airbus A320neo aircraft and the flight time between Iceland and Glasgow is just two hours and 25 minutes. Mm, nice. Uh, Berger Johnson, Play CEO, said everyone at Play is excited to welcome passengers from Glasgow to Iceland and onwards, and in January this year Brits made up the largest percentage of tourists to Iceland and since they launched the UK routes at London Stanford and Liverpool, the UK destinations have consistently topped the charts of our busiest flights. He said our Glasgow route is perfectly placed to fill the gap for a demand in Scottish tourists to visit Iceland without the price tag. and This route will also be a welcome addition for travellers from Glasgow to the Big Apple. Now earlier on today I took a look on Play's website and I typed in the old uh, type on the keyboard. Board to uh, put a little trip uh, for us PTUK team to go out to, uh, to New York in August in our summer lovely can't wait. Now, I've typed in, so I put uh, per person, this is, so per person, uh, a flight from Glasgow to New York, which obviously goes via Keflavik, so you go from Glasgow to Keflavik and then on from there to uh, New York, Uh, works out at £828 per person, that's return, Uh, that'll pay for your fares and taxes, a personal item, doesn't really say what the personal item is on the website, I guess it's, you know, a... A phone. Uh, priority boarding, you get a carry on bag, a checked bag, and you get to choose your seat uh, from the middle to the back of the plane, but that excludes the extra large seats, which I presume is their overwing exit seats and uh, a similar flight from Glasgow to Reykjavik so if you just want to go and visit Iceland and check out the uh, you know the, the chilly bits there um, that is 341 pounds return with that same standard of service with all the extras now if you want to do the same flights again but have the complete basic flight so just a seat and take your mobile phone with you in your hand and that's it nothing else a return flight to New York Keflavik will cost you six hundred quid per person, and if you want to go and visit uh, Keflavik in Iceland, that'll be two hundred and nine pounds return uh, for that. Literally just a seat and a you know a carry on item in your hand. So, so thoughts, guys?
4: Are they literally charging extra to take on a, a carry on bag then?
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow,
1: wow.
4: <laughs> <clears throat> that's crazy.
1: But then, I, 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 to be honest, I can I can see. Um, I can see a lot of that. I mean, it's definitely moving that way here as well, isn't it? It looks like, I mean, the bags are getting smaller and smaller, aren't they, that you can take in the cabin.
3: Well, I, mi- I managed to do it. When I flew, like Carlos alluded to, I flew Play in May. That's a poem. I wrote it myself. Um, <laughs> I flew Play in May um, over to the UK, and it was a great product. I mean, I knew what I was getting into. I, I, I had flown on WoW before. I'd flown on Norwegian uh before you know how many times have I crossed the Atlantic from the UK um and I thought it was actually pretty good I, I was going over there Matt you met me for mm, you know you a did. couple um, Oh, we had a great time I loved that yeah, yeah. and so I, I just wore the suit that uh, <laughs> that I was going to wear at, at the ceremony <laughs> and literally I, I went took... you're you're right we had
1: we had dinner didn't we that was literally it. we went we went for dinner then you then we went and bought a suit and then you you basically that's it you you that was the end of it you wore it and then like flew yeah. home in it and
3: everything. <laughs> and my bag uh, was within the dimensions of what they consider a personal item because I really just had about you know four four pair of underwear and, yep. a, and a laptop and and I was only going to be there for four oh days. God, and, somebody... and then I wore the the suit that Matt helped me pick out. Uh, yeah. I wore that back. Fabulous,
1: fabulous taste. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I
3: thought it was a great product. The the crews were really friendly. Most of them came over from Wow. So they're they're experienced. They know what they're doing. I think it's actually the same certificate, like air carrier certificate. Mm. They just um, you know change the names, change the paint on the airplanes uh, under new management type of manner. Basically, yeah, yeah yeah. Thing. yeah,
0: yeah. What what do you think of the price, Nick? Return to New York with all the extras. What well, so, Yeah,
3: uh, I mean, eight
0: hundred and twenty-eight quid. I return.
4: I mean, that is in August, isn't it? So you, that is in August. They, yeah. they are going to be inflated a little bit with it being in the school holidays. I think there is always a danger with these low cost airlines that, you know, you get kind of sucked in by the initial price. And then like we're saying, you know, by the time you've paid for a carry-on bag, you've paid to choose where to sit, you've paid to presumably use the toilet, you've paid to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know, all the extras like food for example, you know, that's where they get you and and by the time you're all said and done, you know, actually might it have worked out cheaper just to go with a, a regular airline you know I suppose, I yeah, if you get
1: or... if, yeah if you get like your your hand like yeah as you say if you're not trying to do it on hand luggage and you want to get a suitcase in and and yep. stuff like that i mean i don't think that's too i mean i know how much uh, I, i'm pretty sure it was uh I think it was nearly four thirteen, fourteen hundred pounds when I went to New York back in yeah, November 20, 2017, I think it was, something like that. Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Um and yeah, it was sort of you know, sort of I think it was between thirteen and fifteen hundred pounds. It was an awful lot of money. Um, you know, especially as we were only there for like four or five days or whatever. It was a it was a lot. But um I don't mean, forget. That, as well.
0: quite a big difference, you know, price wise. Don't forget as well, Matt, this, this is not direct. This is, so you're flying from Glasgow to Reykjavik in Iceland, and then you're flying from there back across to the States. So it's not a direct... Well, uh, direct. I,
3: Nev would disagree with me. I actually like that. It's a chance to land, stretch your legs. It's yeah. usually at least an hour connection. The food at the Reykjavik airport is really good, and the gates are all right next to each other. So you, you're, you're in no fear of missing your flight. I I, I suppose that it does induce the opportunity to miss your flight if you're delayed one way or another Mm. but i actually enjoy all the times that i've done it i enjoy stopping in iceland i think it's a beautiful country with beautiful people and great food even if it's just for two hours i love stretching my legs and Mm. then getting back on on the airplane that's just me
1: yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you, weirdly, Armando. Uh, you, which is perhaps not, I'm the last person you probably expected to say that, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I I like that idea and that. I mean, I I went to New Zealand and I got to spend um, it was only about five hours in Kuala Lumpur, and the airport was just stunning. I just, I absolutely loved it. I had
0: the best time, best time. Mm. So there we go. If you're in Glasgow and you want to go and uh, go across to the states via mm. somewhere. Very, I I do really want to visit Reykjavik mm. in Iceland because it looks stunning on the on the pictures you see uh, on Do you
1: know what I reckon Gemma would love it if you could get her to go out there because it is yeah. cold that's the only thing
0: ah, um, but but I reckon she'd absolutely love it yeah yeah I'll get I'll put it on the bucket list I would definitely <laughs> So Armando you've got the next story and it's that, that, that old fabled story about The fact that people still (laughs) think that you can open a door in mid-flight.
3: Yeah, well, this one, if you've seen some of the videos, actually Mm. was pretty significant. I mean, we talk about unruly passengers that are uh, perhaps inebriated under the influence of something. I think this gentleman really actually had some malicious intent. Um, So the, the passenger, there was a passenger who helped restrain this uh, threatening man on this weekend flight from L.A. to Boston. Um, he said that the entire chaotic episode was over within seconds, thanks to some teamwork. Uh, Semik Gukhasian said in a tele- telephone interview that he was actually seated several rows behind the man who had tried to open the uh, aircraft emergency door, uh, the overwing exit, before trying to stab a flight attendant with a broken metal spoon. What? That's, that was according to prosecutors. So he was definitely... Uh, had malicious intent and he was out to hurt individuals. Um, uh, this individual, Samik, said that he heard the guy getting louder and louder and thought it was just an argument, but that he started yelling and screaming and threatening people, threatening to kill them. I did watch some of the videos and uh, he was indeed uh, doing that. This was United Flight 2609. Um, and there's some audio also from the flight crew up front kind of declaring an emergency. Um, there was no, there was no, uh, uh, ambiguity the crew said we are now an emergency aircraft we we have a a, a life-threatening situation um so until the yelling people hadn't noticed anything on board or unusual about the man um that the his name is francisco severo torres uh this gentleman uh, simic ukazian said he saw the spoon and that he was among five or six passengers who piled onto uh, the individual and removed it from his hand it turned out to be the handle of a metal spoon. From uh, a bowl, uh, from the the bowl part of the spoon had been broken off, um, and and they said that the the guy was really strong and and really resisting, um, but the, the the five individuals that held him down uh, asked a flight attendant for some zip ties and duct tape. A uh, flight attendant, of course, you know they now we know it's pretty public knowledge that they carry those kinds of things on board. Um, now, this individual, Semikukazian, said he actually has first aid and counter, counterterrorism training, um, and he didn't—he didn't really think about it. He just reacted and used his instincts. Um, there were some other people on there. If uh, if you go over to social media, I don't think we have the video, but um, if you go over to some social media, it actually made the, the national news media. That uh, it, it looked like a pretty intense situation, pretty good fight, and and he did. You know take a shot at that flight attendant with the uh mm. with the broken spoon so he definitely could have heard him yes
1: unfortunately we couldn't get permission to play the video for that one um which is why we haven't got it but uh, yeah yeah it, it is uh, if you if you search uh youtube and places like that it is um yeah it's 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 quite the event <laughs> mm. yeah
3: and and uh, lee davies in the chat room is asking if um uh, uh when did they stop using u.s air marshals they are they haven't they're still there um but they they cannot be on every flight there's you know tens of thousands of flights yeah, per day uh, but it's you know this goes to show that individuals now the world is a different place than it was in 2001 mm. and there's no there's zero tolerance for this and and if you try to do something like this people are going to pile up on yeah. you and, and you will yeah. be subdued so good luck yeah absolutely yeah, which is a probably a good thing uh, in the long run, isn't
1: it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Mm, indeed. Uh, right. So, Matt, you've yes. got the next
0: one. <laughs> Matt's got the next door, and I found this this week. I thought, mm. yeah, there's saving money, and then there's the old straw debate in the Coke, in the Coca-Cola. Oh right,
1: okay, all right then. Unfortunately there are some pictures here but because I'm reading it I won't be able to do it until after I've read the story but uh, let's go into the detail. An airline introduces paper plates in (laughs) premium class and passengers are absolutely livid. Singapore Airlines has faced the wrath of its passengers after trying to introduce more environmentally friendly meal practices. Now I strongly disagree with this, I don't see why a paper a plate would be more environmentally friendly than washing up a plate. Mm. but anyway there we go Uh, the airline is now considering customer feedback after it dropped details of its new plate plans travelling soon look out for our all new serviceware, which will be on trial in premium economy class and economy class in selected medium and long haul flights from the 1st to the 25th of March a Facebook post from the company read made of forest stewardship council certified paper and finished with the distinctive SIA look. The unique design of the new serviceware allows it to retain heat and moisture better than the current casserole dish. It also means that we can now offer soupy and gravy rich main courses including long-time favourites such as Laxca, uh, misam and congee uh, on these routes as a result customers can look forward to tastier meals and a wider variety of options on these medium and long haul flights while the attention the intention may have been good some customers were less than impressed with the new meal containers just wondering if anybody at hq actually tested having laksha out of a paper box while hunched over in short haul economy one person wrote uh, the side." get in the way and the wooden spoon is almost flat which results in a frustrating experience trying to scoop anything and avoiding any gravy getting onto myself another raged this is horrible and cheap looking sorry Singapore Airlines just know uh, one outraged passenger was staggered that the airline would provide higher spending customers with a the material they felt belonged in economy Ooh, that's a bit snooty isn't it uh, pre- <laughs> premium economy is supposed to be to is supposed to be to the bridge between economy and business class having paper serviceware does not sell premium or belong in that cabin class they stormed at minimum they should at least have metal cutlery Uh, another flabbergasted passenger chimed in this paper service uh, service serviceware is totally unacceptable regardless of the sustainability efforts behind this the image of this is the same as we would take on a budget airline there were those who recognized that the move was the the move might be a sensible one all you self-entitled pampered sheltered folk who will dwell in that 20th century mental model that flight has to be associated with luxury living wake up one person wrote a spokesperson for Singapore Airlines told the independent that the trial was part of SIA's continuous efforts to enhance the in-flight experience by offering more main course options on medium and long-haul flights they added we understand that some of our customers may not immediately be comfortable with the change in serviceware we would like to assure them that we have put plenty of thought and invested in several months of research and development into the design of the new serviceware now masher is saying can't make a knife out of a paper spoon very good point Uh, (laughs) I like that, uh, indeed. So I've got some pictures here of of the cut. I'm gonna have to say. I assume this is the old cutlery, is it? um let's have a look at this is, is this yeah so this, this is the old offering i think isn't it because we've got metal spoons there and stuff i i bet you'd love to get your hands on some of those spoons carlos with the little logo yeah that'd
0: they, yeah. look nice in my downstairs with my british caledonian spoons. they would absolutely, yeah. yes, my, absolutely my
3: mom used to steal all the eastern airlines one because when i was a kid we used to fly eastern airlines from yeah. puerto rico to florida and i, I for years for years, all our whole cutlery drawer down, like in the kitchen, was all <laughs> Eastern Airlines. <laughs> I wish I still had them. They'd be collector guns. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's
0: an interesting concept. Um, but so
1: I'm a bit I, confused. Is, is this the paper cutlery or is this the original existing um,
0: offering? I think that's the paper. I think that is the paper, and it's it on. It's from the story, so I, I assume that is okay. the paper. It's just because it's, it's
1: got the it's got the ordinary cutlery to the side of it. That's the only reason I. Was yeah, I think I don't it, think yeah. they could
0: get away with paper cutlery.
1: Well, way. no, that's what they were saying. Though it was like it was wooden
4: <laughs> spoons and things, wasn't it? Rather than yeah, okay. Right. I, I just want to picture the scene. I want us all to imagine a, a, a certain Mister Bounds. Oh so, no, one okay. can you imagine?
2: <laughs> can and, you? And, and, <laughs>
4: I... The, 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 the thought of him just choking on his Earl Grey. The thought of this, <laughs> this being presented. This idea in of... <laughs> of being presented on a paper plate. Is absolutely um... hilarious.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine his his face when he gets to the bottom of the beeflo main and the and the <laughs> soggy the soggy paper bowl oh, no. that is coming off on on his uh, oh, on no. his metal no he'd be fuming no, he would be absolutely fuming lee, lee like davies that. lee That's davies
0: yeah. in the chat room makes a point thing is that is the point he says people nick the cutlery but who's going to nick the paper i mean there is that <laughs> there is that to it i suppose
1: it's uh, yeah because i suppose yeah because you do get people like carlos who will have them in his spoon drawer downstairs won't he yeah absolutely first, yeah first an yeah. opportunity
0: uh so there we go. That that's it's very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. I, I don't. I think that'll be a failure. Come, come the, the next few months or whatever with them. Oh dear. Mm. Oh dear. Anyway, moving on. Nick, you have got a story that we've been we've been off and on the last few months covering this, but it's uh, it's the rule now.
4: Yeah, we've heard a little bit about this one, haven't we, over the last couple of months? So this one comes from cntraveller.com London City Airport is scrapping the hundred millilitre liquids rule in time for the Easter holidays. So many frequent travellers know the feeling. Whipped off your belt, patted yourself down for loose change, and passed through the airport security scanners. Then when all you wish to do is try and enjoy that airport experience, your little carry-on suitcase zooms into the lane of doom, all thanks to a stray bottle of perfume you are unlikely to use anyway. This, along with a fiddly rummage through hand luggage as you pop little bottles of decanted liquids into a plastic bag, is about to become a thing of the past, at one London airport at least. London City Airport, which picked London Luton to claim the title of the UK's best airport in a Condé Nast Travellers 2022 Reader's Choice Awards, is planning to scrap the 100 milliliter limit on individual liquids. This game changing development is thanks to the installation of two new generation CT scanners uh, capable of assessing any danger posed by liquids in seconds. The airport has already has two state of the art scanners and successful trials mean two more are on the way. The, The third scanning lane will arrive by mid March 2023, followed by a fourth and the final one by the end of March meaning restrictions currently in place are set to be scrapped in time for the Easter holidays, when millions of travellers are set to escape the UK in search of warmer temperatures. Under the new rules, liquids up to 2 litres can be kept inside bags, significantly speeding up the security process. Business travellers will also benefit as laptops will no longer need to be removed from cases. The exciting news is that the latest in a series of achievements and developments for the airport which was once seen as an airport for scr- for scrambling business travellers, January 2023 saw 217,000 travellers pass through London City, and 225,000 did so in February, 82% rise on the airport's 2022 numbers, despite three days of significant fog disruption. Amsterdam, Edinburgh, and Zurich are the airport's three busiest routes, with Zurich benefiting from a renewed post-pandemic interest in skiing holidays. The amount of travelers using the airport as a departure point in particular is set to increase as Londoners look to make the most of flexible office schedules and embark on last minute European city breaks. It certainly helps that London City Airport has the best on-time performance of all London airports in 2022, with more than 80% of flights departing when scheduled. So this actually uh, this takes me back to uh, coming back from a, a, a business trip from um, Hamburg, uh, and the nice gentleman at the security uh, uh, at the security check asked if he could look in my beauty purse I'm sorry, what <laughs> My beauty purse. <laughs>
1: he wanted is, to is see that,
4: inside my toiletry bag I, I
1: guess i'm terribly i'm terribly uh, that that sounds like a euphemism for something i'm sorry that's not yeah, that
4: sort of stuck with me so yeah i can imagine always always remember to pack your beauty purse when you go away on on holidays quite quite uh it's <laughs> yeah hmm fun the uh, scanners sound pretty cool though the fact that they're mm. able to detect what's mm. inside what these liquids are that's that's a pretty remarkable technology and uh and the ability i mean it's saying there that you could take up to two liters inside a bag um i mean i know certainly from myself it you know you you get through security invariably you'll go and you know pop to wh smiths go and get yourself a drink and some snacks and stuff like that so you know that ability to be able to to bring uh, maybe bring your own drinks on board with you that that would probably be quite beneficial for a lot of people
1: i
3: think so yeah i agree yeah I me mean, as well i, I... As someone who often travels with a kid, mm. uh, you know, like the ability to bring my own food so I'm not buying $7 crisps, uh, yeah. you know, and but food and drinks and juices and, you know, she drinks those little smoothies and yogurt. But right now I can't bring any of that stuff and I have to pay full price at the airports for that.
2: Yeah.
0: Is there any whisper of this happening over your side, Denimundo Airports?
3: I think I may have read something here and there about it, but I, I we've done a couple stories on the show already about mm. a couple airports trying this, and somebody in the chat room was saying that Manchester could be next. Um, so, eh, typical FAA fashion, I'm sure they're going to let the, well, it's not really FAA, that's more Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. They'll probably let somebody else do all yeah, the yeah, testing yeah yeah, yeah absolutely And think yeah all right then we'll
4: do it as well then yeah yeah mm. i have to imagine there would be quite a significant benefit in this sort of throughput of people you know particularly in busier airports yeah if it definitely means that yeah. Can process more people more quickly and get them onto their flights get get them into the uh, into the duty-free spending money you know <laughs> yeah. there's, there's probably a business case uh, for, for for implementing these new scanners
1: that that is their uh, their favourite thing to do. Almost certainly, it's just in fact that's one of my pet hates because I don't think I've ever bought anything from from. Actually, no, I tell a lie. I think I bought a watch from Duty Free once, and that's only because I broke it like in the airport and didn't have a watch for my holiday. I think it was the only reason I did. Duty I Free
0: is not like it used to be. It's, no, it's not. It's Duty Free has not been the same for bl- blimey, yeah. like twenty odd. Or- years you don't you don't get the discounts and stuff that you do. No. To, 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 i mean I, I think
1: a lot of that you know i'm I'm sorry to say is, Supermarket. it, is supermarkets and online purchasing i think because we're so used to being able to buy it you know super cheap and all that kind of thing that you know even even the you know the d3 airports can't really you know sort of compare i guess now but mm. uh, it does really annoy me that you are made to especially like at Stansted uh, which is the only airport i have a reasonable amount of experience with flying through and you have to literally zigzag your way through um you know duty free in order to get to the departure lounges and that really annoys me
0: because there's no oh, they're, they're th- there's no yeah.
1: shortcut you can't you can't like not do it <laughs> i
0: mean heathrow they they they've even put a you've probably seen it at heathrow they've put a duty free shop Literally, as you're about to walk out into the arrivals um, area at Heathrow, there's a do it your free shop. <laughs> there. A little mini one to try and, try and grab you before you leave the airport.
1: <coughs> well, you might, yeah. I mean,
0: you have to bear in mind
1: you, you, you might need to buy, a, buy a, an emergency Toblerone, though. Don't oh, the that. Toblerone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. with the Toblerone. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah, absolutely. Life out, yeah. would not be a holiday. Without Toberan,
1: indeed. Uh, Micah is saying, "What's interesting is that while you do have duty-free shops in almost every UK airport, most US airports that are not international do as well.
3: Do not? Oh, do not. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not really a thing over here. I think most of our airports are domestic only, and uh, the terminals are domestic only. So uh, it's always nice when you go to the, you know, like the Dallas. I I think it's the D terminal at Dallas, or you go to the the dreaded JFK International Terminal and and you actually get to walk through the duty-free. I always enjoyed walking through that little section at Heathrow, you know, where you're, you're buying all your last-minute gifts and there's a Harrods <laughs> there and there's, there's a Tissot watch. Yeah. And I, I won't lie, I, I, I may have purchased a watch once <gasps> um, from from duty-free. I know it's probably terrible, but... It was a Casio nice. calculator watch. Was... Oh, very important. <laughs> Which is now sold as a classic.
2: Absolutely,
1: yep. absolutely. But uh, yeah. Uh, well perhaps it's just
3: uh, well but by, by the sound of it then we're a bit spoiled here then. Well, I think most of your flights are international, aren't they? So Well, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I I mean you could argue that going to like Glasgow is technically international as well nowadays.
3: <laughs> yeah. But there we are. Um well, speaking of Scotland, the next story is from heraldscotland.com. Um See Logan what, see what I did there. Yeah. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Uh, Logan Air pilot Rachel Gilmore is flying the flag for female pilots. She says that she still can't believe her luck when she increases the engine power in her passenger aircraft and she rises above the clouds. The 24-year-old is only uh, one of only about 4.7% of women pilots in the UK, where the numbers of women pilots are some of the lowest in the world. Uh, while she firmly believes that there is no such thing as a job for a man or a woman anymore her career choice still elicits some surprised reactions from the public. Uh, she has been mistaken for cabin crew at, well, twice as, as when this was published. I know many of my uh, woman airline pilot friends um, also often get mistaken for cabin really? crew. Not that there's anything wrong with cabin crew. No. Um, but, so India, believe it or not, takes the lead for the number of female pilots in the world with roughly 12%, according to figures, published in 2021, Ireland was next with 9.9%, but the UK trails behind with just 4.7% of pilots as women. Now, Ms. Gilmore is a recent graduate of, uh, is it Tayside or Teesside? Teesside. Teesside, Teesside. Teesside yeah. See? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm learning as an American. Very uh, good. Teesside well Aviation. <laughs> it's a proud thing. Yep. They're a flight training and aircraft service company based at Dundee. And she is now a commercial pilot with Logan Air, taking flights from Aberdeen, which is the airline's busiest base uh, all over the UK and overseas, as we just mentioned, to cities, including Oslo. Uh, I love the Oslo airport. That's one of my favorite airports. Uh, She was inspired by her dad, Cameron, who was an engineer, uh, who had also dreamed of being a pilot, but his poor eyesight uh, ruled him out of pursuing a career in aviation. Uh, She said that at the time, things were a bit stricter and that you needed to have 2020 vision without glasses. She said that she also wears glasses, and he was her inspiration. Now, she did say that she didn't really have a plan B beyond being a pilot. Um, there were actually five girls who started the course at t Site Aviation with her, and about 20 boys, which is probably more girls than people would expect, and that is a true fact. Uh, she did say that there's been the odd comment of surprise from people that she is a commercial pilot. Um, many older people. Uh, more experienced people i guess the older generation perhaps still don't think that women uh, should be doing this and and of course when they see a 24 year old woman um in the in the flight deck they you know you can imagine there's some uh, generation from now i am completely biased we are a house full of aviators and i want maddie to see uh women pilots right and i I, Mm. i make it a point to always introduce her Uh, When we're at Reno, uh, amazing women like Vicki Bensink, who did an interview for us. Mm. um, And here just locally, Shelby, one of my best friends. um, She's a pilot at uh, an American Airlines regional. And uh, I always make it a point that Maddie sees Shelby in her uniform um, so she can understand that it is absolutely okay to go into uh, traditionally male-dominated career fields. Um, Now, I'm not pushing her to be a pilot. Wink, wink. But... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I may have picked a school district that has an aviation STEM program. Oh, as, really? As right. As well. right. That's <laughs> that's neither yeah, here nor there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I I do enjoy uh, showing her that that she can do anything. And to be honest, she's smarter than all of us combined. So. Um, she be Oh absolutely
1: 100% there's no <laughs> there's no
3: ta- she'll be ringing ra- rings around
1: all of us in 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 probably make the most of the next 18 months on Mondo that's all I'm saying
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well and by by that you mean she's going to be doing loops and chandels cuz she's Probably she loves aerobatics already. So, oh no!
0: Oh yeah, yeah. you bet. You better start saving up for Armando for that pitch. This sounds special. This sounds expensive. Well, the the
3: cub the cub that I have is is technically a super cruiser. It's approved for spins. She loves doing spins in it. I think most parents would be like, "What you do spins in an airplane with your child?" (laughs) Yeah, she loves it. Um, Uh. But she often asks me, "Can we go upside down?" I said, "No, we can only do it once." Right.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay, that's uh, that's a slightly terrifying conversation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, please, anyway. Say, please, please don't do that to me. i no, That's all I'm <laughs> saying because I, I will cry. Coming up in
3: October's <laughs> PTUK. Oh, you know me. we are flying. You know we are flying, right, Matt?
1: <laughs> I don't mind, a, but yeah, yeah. But we're not gonna don't, go. We're not, we're don't not gonna don't let me go upside down. That's just. Yeah. <laughs> Nervous aviator here, all right. I'm trying to improve. I'm going on a plane in October. That's an improvement. (laughs) Matt, Matt, just don't
4: mention anything about the skydiving.
0: Oh, don't say that. Sorry, don't mention (laughs) about the crowdfunding for that either. What, anyway? Anyway, moving swiftly on, Nick, you've got the next story. (laughs)
4: Moving swiftly on, hang on, what (laughs)
2: Lufthansa.
4: So, coming from aerotime.aero, this is uh, Lufthansa indicating that the Airbus A380 has no long-term future at the airline. So, um, having slightly pre-read this, there is a quiz at the end, so you're oh. going to have to keep, keep pace on all the, uh, all the aircraft. Time. Oh, wow
1: I'm going to have to pay attention now. Crikey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, while Lufthansa plans to return up to six Airbus A380 aircraft by 2024, it's fleet Plans do not include the double decker in the long term future. Going forward, the airline's new normal fleet will include the A351000 and the 900, the A33300 and the 747800, 777300, 777X900, and 900 as well as the 777F to operate cargo only flights. The number of cockpit types will be reduced. By at least six in the short-term future, with some of the older and less efficient aircraft in the process of being phased out. It will eliminate the Airbus A380, the 340-600, 340-300, as well as the 747-400, 200 and 767-300. An improved product for an airline consists first and foremost of advanced aircraft and modern cabin interior," noted the chairman and chief executive officer of the Lufthansa Group during the company's 2022 earnings call. That is why we are systematically continuing the modernization of our aircraft fleet, stating that in 2023 the airline group will add 35 jets to its various airlines. To replace its aging wide-body aircraft fleet, the group ordered 22 additional long-haul aircraft, 10 A350-1000s, 5 A350-900s, and 7 Boeing 787-900s. In total, the German airline group has 87 wide-body aircraft on order, with 44 additional options. Delivery of the jets is scheduled to begin in 2023, with the first 777X delivery to commence in 2025. By 2030, the carrier group will add 200 new aircraft to its fleet, with more than half of them long-range airplanes. The group expects a significant cost savings from these measures, especially in the areas of crew training, maintenance and operations, the company noted in its full-year report. Overall, six Airbus A380s are set to return to Lufthansa's fleet in the next few years. According to the airline's financial report, six super jumbos (laughs) will return to Airbus by November of 2023 out of a total of 14 A380s it owned prior to the beginning of the pandemic. As of 2022, 10 aircraft of of the type were decommissioned. Nevertheless, Lufthansa has been returning the A380s to service starting in December 2022. By peak season 2023, the Frankfurt Airport-based airline will operate four of the aircraft type from Munich, and two additional A380s will return to service in 2024. Now, I just want to scroll back up here. I know this is about the a 380 but we don't really care about those, do we? Hey! <laughs> I'm so desperate meant- to try one. I, I am. I, I'd, yeah. I'd love to be on one. To be fair to you, so am I. Um, but it's mentioning in here is about eliminating the Boeing 747 400. How is, how is Lufthansa still flying the 747 400? That really stuck out uh, amongst all Yeah, the, I
0: think they mean the there. Dash 8 because Lufthansa, yeah. I think, have got the Dash 8. They haven't got the 400. So. Yeah, because
4: I know that they're still flying a bunch of those. Yeah. But surely not a 400. Yeah, the, the Dash 8. The old freight one or something.
2: Yeah, but,
0: but not only that. I think that with the A, I don't know I'll be always say about the A three eighties. I mean, they are scrapping them left, right, and centre now. But, but Emirates have still got we have many 10 million a380s um, mm. in emirates fleets they've got a huge amount of a380s and obviously you know lufthansa've got theirs and they're still in use with singapore've got some as well still i mean they're still they're going to be around for a long they'll be around for you know for for quite some time mm. i don't think emirates would have invested so much in the the 380 if it was if it was a you know a loser aircraft but i mean we've or said just, it we,
3: we, sorry sorry real quick on. just uh Lufthansa apparently does have 8 747 400s Ooh. still in still in service.
4: Are they for cargo? Uh
3: no, they're going to be replaced by the 777-9. I did
4: oh. see a story actually saying that they were going to be doing 747s on short haul from um flying oh, wow. Um tourist basically down to the um down to the Balearic Islands in the oh, well, that's it.
3: That's a great uh use of that that's a great mission for that you know mm. 400 mm. i
1: mean it's, well so it is still possible to get on a 747 as a passenger then by the sound of it I, I i don't know i guess i naively thought that most of the passenger ones had been you know sort of
0: services terminated as it were
3: now they're still there but as we've mentioned so many times not for long <laughs> yes yeah. true
0: yeah yeah you've, you've got to go somewhere in and around, in and around europe matt with lufthansa if you want to you know Right. Okay. be Being uh, with a chance.
4: I think they're flying. To, think it's something like Frankfurt to Mallorca or somewhere like that. It's it's basically a sort of summer holiday route.
1: Okay. Mm. Uh, I, unfortunately, I've booked all of my holiday for this year. But uh, oh. uh, do you think they'll still be doing it next year? Maybe I could do it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It's mind. it's
0: one. Of, uh, tell you, it's one of them ones to do if you've not already tried. You know, flown on on mm. a Dash Four Hundred. Um, or on a seven, you know, on a seven because yeah. the Dash Eight, the Dash Eight is essentially a, a posh, a posher, bigger <laughs> version of the Dash yeah, Four Hundred. True, true, true. But true, true. Uh, it's definitely one to put in the old, you know, to put on the old list, to do yeah. list. Mm. Um, Indeed. And we, well, we also need to get you on a 380 as well, Matt. At some do point. Do we now?
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we anyway, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, will be gone. They'll be gone soon. They'll be on my wall behind me here with the other piece of the A 380 i you've got on okay. here. Okay. Anyway, so next story comes to us from flyer.co.uk, and it's that question that's on everyone's lips. How much does it really cost to learn to fly here in the UK? It was literally on the tip of my mind. Well, well, it's on the tip of everyone's mind when it comes to loans and loans and money and loans. How much does it cost? (laughs) Because if you've got any sense, you wouldn't do it in the US. But anyway... um, How much does it cost to obtain your private pilot's licence, or PPL? Um, Let's put it this way. It says here in the story, how long is a piece of string? The amount of money you might need to pay until you're able to call yourself a pilot depends on lots of things, making it nearly impossible to give an average sum. The good news is it's still possible to get your PPL in the UK for under £10,000. The bad news is, unless you're a very quick learner, it's unlikely you'll actually stay below £10,000. Budgeting more around the £15,000 is much more realistic. So breaking down the costs of the license into flight training, ground exams, um, uh, FR toll, free toll, skills tests, Class 2 medical license application, and obviously the equipment you need. So flight training is where most of your money will go. I definitely know that. I've still got the receipts in my book somewhere. Uh, You'll need at least 45 hours of flight training, including at least 25 hours of dual time and at least 10 hours of supervised solo time as well. Uh, These are the minimum requirements for the CAA. Uh, What does an hour of flight training cost? That depends, obviously, with the club you're with, but the price of an hour's training ranges anywhere from £154 um, uh, to around about £279, so that's from a PA-38 to a PA-28. Uh, that's, that is over at Oxford, though, that, to be fair. That is quite expensive, but anyway. Uh, also depends on the age, the type, and the fuel use of the aircraft as well you're training in. Obviously, if you're in a 152, it'll be cheaper than a PA-28 or a Robin uh, R3000. Uh, another one is um, landing touch-and-go fees. Um, Admittedly, some of these are included in membership. If you pay for membership at a flight school, you'll get these uh, normally included in your membership fees. But you've got uh, obviously your landing fees if you've got to pay them and touch and go fees if you're landing off site at another airfield. Uh, Fuel surcharges, obviously that's one big thing here in the UK because no matter how much the price of a barrel of oil is in the world, we always pay. 10,000 million times more than that here in the UK. <laughs> so fuel surcharges could range from anything from around about £9.60 on top of your hourly rates, so I say £10 uh, for a, a 152 or around about £14 if you're in a 172, which is the, two, the uh, four-seater uh, trainer. Then you've got your club membership fees. Most flying schools require you to become a member to train there. Membership fees usually charge yearly, which is correct. That's, that is what they do here, ranging from around £99 to around about £380 a year, depending on the club you're going to. As I said, though, sometimes they do include those touch-and-go and landing fees with the um, and the fuel surcharges with those fees um ground exams you, to obtain your PPL you're going to need to pass nine theoretical exams your air law aircraft general knowledge communications flight performance planning human performance and limitations meteorology navigation operational procedures and principles of flight and you need to get at least 75% pass mark uh, to pass those exams and I definitely know that because I just scraped in with the old air law exam. <laughs> I think I got 82% on that one. Uh these are officially CAA exams, however this doesn't mean each flight school charges the same. The the exams Range in and around about the ninety to one hundred pounds per exam, and obviously if you fail the exam and have to resit, you have to pay that fee again. Uh, study materials uh, depends where you get your books from for me, I got all my books on eBay second hand, which worked out a lot cheaper, but you can say normally the price of a good study book for a PPL is in and around the kind of fifteen to twenty pounds per book then you 've got your ground school tuition in the classroom, which again is normally included in your um your membership fee at the club if you joined a club and then they, they've they got your free or your fertile frtol for a ppl you'll need your flight radio telephony Operators' license or F R T O L to show you how to, you know, your way around radio communication. In some flight schools, this will be part of the PPL package, and others, the exam is charged separately. I know our local one here at uh, Beckles, where I learned to fly, it was part of the um, of the membership fee. In that, they had someone on on the site who was trained to to uh, teach you that uh, skills test. Skills test can be made up. Uh, by examiners uh, with a fee in the aircraft hire. Examining the fees vary uh, from CAA examiner to CAA examiner, but it's usually somewhere within the range of around about £200. Then you've got your medical exam again. Uh, for the PPO, you'll need a Class 2 medical certificate issued by a cia Aeromedical medical examiner or AME. Each AME sets their own fee, so the cost of this depends on the doctor you choose, usually between £150 and £250. Pounds. And then you've got your licence application, uh, so many fees, honestly. Uh, the fee the CIA charges for the initial issue of a pilot licence is around about £202. Pounds. Uh, so make sure you apply for your FR toll at the same time as your PPL license because, in that case, the license application is free for the FRTOL. And if you don't, the CIA will charge another £79 for the, the initial issue of that FRTOL. That's your radio license. Uh, the equipment... What supplies you need during your training, so you've got your whiz wheel, you've got your charts and all the other pieces, your your, um, knee pad, which I brought as well when I was learning, headset, which I also got as well, which is another cost. I got mine from, I think I got mine from eBay, Um, so you've got all the prices for all those bits and pieces as well. Again, a lot of these can be obtained on eBay second hand from people who have obviously used them to learn to fly, so that's a good sort of aim to work for there. So breaking it down to costs. Uh, around about 55 hours, if you say a standard, with a Cessna 150, works out around about £9,350. Your landing fees depends on the, on the actual club you're with, obviously. Touch-and-go fees, um, they can range anything from around about £10 upwards. Your fuel surcharges, as we said, around about the £9, £10. Uh, landing away from your field, again, depends very much on where you're landing in the airfield. And your learning materials. Depends again whether you buy them second hand or whether you get brand new ones. So you're talking another couple of hundred pounds. Ground exams as well on top of that. Obviously, range from around about ninety pounds per exam. Your radio license, one hundred and fifty pounds. Your skill test examiner fee, two hundred quid. The medical, around about two hundred pounds your license application fee, a couple of hundred quids, and your equipment that you might purchase, say, £300-ish roundabouts. So total cost in and around that 11000 just over £11,000, but you want to aim to look in and around the £15,000 mark if you're going to, you know, take your time. So there we go.
1: So so those are the details on how you would go about sort of wanting to do it um, for real, shall we say. Now, uh, myself and Armando are up to something. Are we not, Armando?
3: Well, the first question is, how much do we have in the PTUK coffers? <laughs> not 15,000 pounds. Oh, right. Oh, that's a shame. However much you have in there, we'll leave 10 pounds in there for a couple of pints. And yeah. the rest I'm going to take uh, <laughs> as, as instructor fees. Yes. Um mostly uh yes matt will very soon not be able to say oh i don't know anything about aviation (laughs) (laughs) so indeed. matt and i have decided that we are actually going to get him up to speed on what it is that we're we're talking about now carlos this story and you know you've you've it's been a long journey for you doing your flight training, Nick. You've you know I'd love to hear how you did your flight training, um, and and even some of the comments in the chat room. You know we're, we're all over the place. Some people say well ten thousand is way too much. Um, other people say more like fifteen thousand. Yeah. So I think it's pretty similar here in the U.S. Uh, where it's all over the place. But what what Matt and I are going to do over the next I don't know eight months, yeah, nine months or yeah, something yeah. like that. So we
1: should say so. this is leading up to our 500th episode, basically. So we're, we're giving you a little bit of a sneaky peek of something that will appear in our 500th episode. So uh, Which
3: we can't tell you what the 500th episode is going to be yet, but no. it's going to be wicked cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are basically doing an online virtual ground school for Matt over the next nine months. Yep. Um, just Carlos, you mentioned in that last story some of the topics that are required to be covered. Now, you guys over there... Have all these exams that you have to do. Nine.
0: At. Nine. <laughs>
3: yeah we're not, not going to do any nine. of that
1: no we're not going to do any of that so I, I, the the object of the exercise is because you know i'm the first <laughs> to hold up my hands here and say i know i know no not a thing about aviation and how to to sort of fly a plane or anything like that and basically what we're going to try and do as an experiment is see if somebody like me who has no knowledge of aviation and not even let's be honest the greatest passion for it either Ha ha. <laughs> um, is to see if I can get to a point where I could actually physically fly a plane, having only learnt in the virtual world.
3: Right. And in addition to that, we know it's a great opportunity to actually talk about some of these topics. We'll talk about aircraft systems so uh, Matt can uh, understand a little bit more about the stories believe it or not megan's actually going to sit in through this my, my nice. wife is going to yeah so we'll talk about the flight environments. we're we'll talking about navigations we're going to talk about meteorology uh talk about ifr flying and what are some of these acronyms that we're always throwing out uh some of the human factors we'll talk about human factors that we are often discussing in some of these mishaps most most of the most of the time uh, we'll do some flight planning uh, weight and balance. We'll talk about why that's important. We'll talk about different types of, you know, multi-engines and jets and and some of the aerodynamics associated with that. Flying at night. Now I'm gonna. I only know the U.S. flying. I had to take the air law test and I think there was a, a an RT test that I had to take in order for me to fly over there in the U.K. Mm. But we're actually and this will fit in nicely to the uh, virtual aviation special that we're going to do yeah. at some point this year, um, where we will also use a flight simulator a a sort of a a collaborative environment where screen sharing, and I can basically instruct Matt using a home flight simulator, Carlos's house, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll basically be a virtual instructor for Matt in the simulator. Yes. So, so one, we can talk about it and then we're going to put that into practical application. Yep through the virtual sim and we'll see how it goes
1: yeah absolutely and we're going to see how we get on with that and it's hopefully building to something that will be really unique and really special at our 500 so make sure you're watching we'll announce details about that a bit nearer the time but yes so this is going to be uh, a proper exciting thing so just to give you a bit of context of why the detail in this story that carlos has just done is so important because we're going to see if we can beat it
0: Yeah, you don't need exams. You don't need a lot of lessons, Matt. Well, we're uh, about to try, and pr- we're going to see if we can prove that. There you go. <laughs> if I if I if I can sit here at home and fly a 737-800 at home, yeah. then I'm sure you can yeah. you can fly a Cessna one fifty. Indeed, yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, well, there we Bill, go. So, well, Bill in the chat room says, "Is Matt going to do the test fight in your airplane?" I think uh, you meant flight. Yeah, so if he wants to do the test flight. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have any of you guys seen the thing where uh, Tom Cruise takes James Corden flying? Yes, yes. Love yes. That. Yes, that This is, is kind of where I, I've I've got in mind now. So right, okay, yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> oh God, goodness. I hope not. Nick I didn't has, sign up for that. <laughs> Nick has just spoiled what we're doing for the five hundred. <sighs> oh. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're
1: gonna fly an F eighteen. Yeah, that's what the object of the exercise is. Yeah. Oh well, that, hell yeah. <laughs>
0: there we go so that's
1: uh, as I say that's a little sneaky peek of what we've got up our sleeve uh, more details will come on
0: that very very, oh, very soon. exciting indeed right indeed. Matt you've got a very interesting story next about all those essential items that you buy use once and then throw in the loft right okay fair enough well we're through this one quite quickly because it's, uh, it's uh, we're sort
1: of running out of time rapidly actually and uh, we want to have a good chat with Nick so standard.co.uk is the website and the headline is best long haul flight essentials from neck pillows to earplugs we're all trying to make up for the lost time in lockdown years, whether that's with friends or family or for this particular writer, jetting off every other weekend. the British writers uh, the sorry, the British winters are long, drawn out, and cold, and if you like if like me suffering from seasonal affective disorder SAD, and all the lamps and sunrise sunrise alarm clocks just won't cut it, uh, consider winter sun. The idea of winter sun is only possible when you start to rack up a certain number of air miles yet the luxury of first class flying may not be all in our reach instead when you're sitting at the back of the plane it can really take it out of you a lovely problem to have of course but a problem nonetheless airplane foot rest inflatable pillow what on <laughs> earth have you put in this stuff <laughs> <laughs> Not even. Oh, Wait dear. till we see the pictures of right. it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a bit of a challenge. You, as a mental note, Carlos, in future the stories with pictures and oh, me Do you me do you make a quick, me yes, I it. do. Okay. I think that'd be a good idea. Okay, yeah.
0: so we've got the airplane footrest inflatable pillow. The Flight Hack Bumper Pack comes with an eye mask uh earplugs and show footrests with needing the sacrifice of precious hand luggage real estate it can be inflated at the height to be adjusted to give you optimal comfort so there we go that and you can buy that on amazon for 15 quid bargain yeah okay You've got this one, the Loop, this is really weird, Loop quiet earplugs for sleep. Drown out crying babies, loud snorers with these earplugs from Loop that may even trick you into thinking you're on your own private jet. (laughs) Different sizes for different customers with a soft touch, hypoallergenic construction and they're easily put in and easily removed. I think they look bloody awful. Uh, They're 18 quid from Amazon. Uh, Next up is the TRTL pillow. Uh, There's no comfortable way to sleep properly on a plane. This this looks rubbish uh it's the uh, innovative <laughs> neck pillow that takes uh, the long-standing idea and turns on its head with what appears to be a snood that hides an internal support system to give your neck support i suppose it'd be a 33.99 stylish enough. you see that's the problem it's stylish now, this one is is good. This is a Universal Airplane in-flight phone mount. Upgrade your seat on Matt's Ryanair flight or EasyJet flight <laughs> with this phone mount that attaches to the tray table so you can stream your shows on your phone and binge-watch stuff uh, hands-free in the comfort there. This, this is only 11 quid on Amazon. Bargain. Cheap as chips. Then we've got the uh, Simpleu cable organizer bag neville bounds will be after this one get your cables organized uh for your trip kiss goodbye to last minute dashes around the house when you're looking for your passport all your accessories can be stored in this little handy little zip-up pouch yours for 13 quid I remember I remember uh, actually I, when I went and go uh,
1: met Owen on a, a layover action he has exactly that he has a little like zip-up bag that has all of his cables and he's got like really long ones that go like go completely across a hotel room and
0: and things now, this, like that. this next yeah. one is bizarre this is the liquid airplane footrest Hook the accessory over your tray table and prepare for the full lounge experience as it forms a hammock for your feet so you can stretch out and relax on long-haul flights. The fabric's lightweight so it won't be adding unnecessary grams to your weight in your cabin bag and it folds down for easy storage. 8 quid on Amazon. There we go. Uh, We've got a kids travel tray, all okay if you've got kids, but if not, not really much use. It's for kids to uh, do all their drawing and other bits and pieces on with all their crayons and drinks and everything all in one place and with that with size that stops stuff from falling off 54 pounds on Amazon it's because it's for children you see that's why the price goes up immediately they can they yep. can have a they can have a two quid box of crowns and some paper anyway next one is the inflatable travel pillow <laughs> for catching z's <laughs> on your flight just
1: seen this. this looks
0: ridiculous <laughs> there we go I don't quite know how that's going to look on you. It's an airbag for your face. That's what it is. It's ergonomically designed, I'll have you know, yeah, to yeah, position whatever. it at a 45-degree angle to relieve pressure on the spine. It's also inflatable and comes with an eye mask and earplugs. 50 quid, that'll cost you. Uh, we've got the Away with the Daily Carry-On with Pocket. This is a hard-shell mini cabin bag. We all know some cabin bags are the size of... Four bedroom detached houses. Uh, this one's got a phone battery pack in, passport size, little wallet to put your passport in. It fits all the uh, low cost carriers sizes EasyJet and Ryanair's, which will fit in with their things. And if you're flying with BA, you won't encounter any issues taking this wheeled cabin bag. 180 quid for that one. Uh, next one is this is rather nice. I like this. this. This is very swanky. The Drowsy Sleep Co. Silk Sleep Mask. Ooh, silk, darling. Very uh, nice. Yeah, do you know what? I've tried this on a long-haul flight Have wearing it. one of these masks and i it was pointless i slung it off in the end i think it's oh, absolutely okay. pointless oh. but uh, this is supposed to make you feel very calm with it's soft silky and uh, to cut out light pollution whilst also muffling out sound quite why you need sound muffling on your eyes i don't quite know what i said <laughs> it, it,
1: it goes over your
0: head oh us. okay fair enough <laughs> this this is only 69 quid i mean mm, <laughs> lovely i'll buy two now, this one, I can see Matt, this is the last one on the list. This Already one, got I can one, see, mate. Already got one. I can one. see Matt yep. buying this. This is a Belkin. Very good brand, I Already say. got it. <laughs> it's a 20,000 milliamp portable power yep. bank. It's in blue, so it's obviously the best colour you can have. Uh, with the power bank from Belkin, 140 hours of extra battery life for your smartphone, or 38 hours more for your tablet. Device comes with a USB to USB-C cable included in a box. Notice it doesn't come with an iPhone charger cable, <laughs> uh, which is what you mostly need if you have an iPhone. Uh, it comes with a two-year warranty as well. Going to actually well. throw stuff at you in a minute. And <laughs> it's, only, it's only 30 quid it's cheap as chips
3: Mm, yeah well listen this except for a few of these items uh this is pretty close to what i have in my travel bag that i take everywhere my flight bag Um, because you know some days i'm on the jet some days i'm on the pilatus some days i'm flying the cub i try to keep everything in one bag and this is about you know when you're a corporate pilot or a charter pilot these are the things that you need You, you need a travel pillow to you know, catch some seas at, uh, at uh, an FBO. You need some earplugs because there's other snoring pilots at the FBOs. <laughs> the, uh, I do have a little inflatable pillow. It isn't that massive contraption that, that you showed on there, but it's actually pretty close to what I carry with yeah. me on a yeah. day-to-day basis.
1: And I, I have a 20,000 amp- uh, milliamp hour battery pack, and I can tell you that I can recharge my iPhone on one charge 11 times. Wow so they the, that's, the, that, that's
0: just in one day shut up uh
1: it's uh <laughs> it's a good uh it's uh, uh, s- around about the 20,000 amp hour thing that is that is the number you want so if if you're looking at battery packs that's the magical number
0: you want there you go nick you got your eyes on anything before we move on
3: well,
4: I was, thinking, I was thinking that anybody that can take a photograph of somebody wearing one of those giant headers <laughs> on an airplane, I want we, it. Should, we should maybe offer a
0: free <laughs> yeah. PT UK mug. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with that. Mm. Now, last story, and this is a very important story, getting down yeah. to serious aviation talk now. Armando, you've got uh, some sad news.
3: Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm going to start by just reading the press release that was put out by the Reno Air Race Association just yesterday morning. Uh, they said that the Reno Tahoe Airport Authority and the Reno Air Racing Association announced that they have reached an agreement for 2023 to be the final year the Reno Stead Airport will host a national championship air races, otherwise known as the Reno Air Race. The Reno Air Racing Association's final Reno State Airport event is set to take place this year from September 13th through 17th. It will feature seven classes of air racing, plus extraordinary military and civilian demonstrations that fans have come to love, as well as a celebration of the event's almost 60 years in northern Nevada. Uh, uh, Darren Griffin, the president and CEO of the Reno Tahoe Airport Authority, said that, We want to celebrate six decades of partnership, competition, and airmanship, which has brought our local community and aviation enthusiasts from all over the world together in this one of a kind celebration of innovation and history. While it is a bittersweet moment for our community and the RTAA, we are committed to working with RARA to ensure that this year's event is a tremendous success as we close this historic chapter for the event in Northern Nevada. Now, the National Championship air races are are a -a one-of-a-kind event that has called uh, reno its home since its founding in 1964. however the reno tahoe airport authorities concerns around the challenging economic condition a rapid area development and public safety and the impact of the reno stead airport and its surrounding areas are some of the contributing factors towards the final year of the national championship air races uh, fred telling the chairman and the ceo of the reno air races said that the national championship air race has become synonymous with reno and while we are disappointed that this will mark our final year at the reno Stead airport we are proud the past 10 air races have attracted more than 1 million spectators, generated more than $750 million for the local economy, and contributed significant aviation-related education and outreach to schools and nonprofits all around the area. We are thankful for the, to the RTAA for the opportunity to celebrate and share this event's storied history with the community and their commitment to work with us to make this this year's event one of the best ever. We are in discussions with other venues to explore our options to continue the national championship air races well into the future. We hope to see all of our dedicated fans and many new and familiar faces at the event later this year. Now, the 2023 event is set to return with more than 150 airplanes. Uh, just by the way, sport class alone, which is what I'm involved in, we're bringing 70 airplanes. Uh, wow. As well as pilots, yep, several hands-on displays, experiences, Uh, including an education discovery zone, heritage displays of military demonstrations, static displays, and more. The event will also mark the third year of competition for the short takeoff and landing or stole drag as uh, they've become both a phenomenon in the skies and on social media. Of course, you can go to airrace.org to learn more about the event. Um, So there's some comments in the chat room there. Uh, relocate to another area. That's the plan. Um, It takes years and years of development. This was a bit of a a surprise and not a surprise at the same time, Uh, just like happened with the Shoreham Air Show. You know, last year, I don't know if there's proof of this or not, but, um, you know, every couple of years we have some fatalities it is a very competitive sport it's a very dangerous sport and then last year as you guys know and we talked about on the show we had the the jet class mishap um, now that that is mitigated we we take so many measures to mitigate the uh, the risk to the crowds but it it, uh, it seemed that some of the authority figures were there from the Reno Stead community and the Reno the city of Reno and that was kind of just the, the last um, I guess, you know, straw that broke the camel's back of, of them saying that the that they're choosing to part ways with, with the Reno Air Races. As of now, we don't have a, a venue. Um, there are some talks about going out to Mojave, uh, the, the airport out there. There's a lot of desert. Las Vegas, maybe we could get one of the casinos uh, or several of the casinos to sponsor an event. There's a lot of real estate out there. Um, possibly even canada some over water over water makes it uh, a little bit difficult for for rescue and that kind of thing but um yeah so basically the reno air races will come to an end uh, at the end of the uh, september of this year now you know for me that it's it's not about the planes and the racing uh, if you've gone to uh, if any of you have gone to oshkosh after a while, after the third day, you stop looking up at the B-17 that's flying overhead and you stop looking up at the P-51s that are flying overhead. And, and, uh, and it really becomes more just a, a social gathering. And for me, that's it. The racing is amazing. But for me, for, for all of us, it's a September family. We all get together. Um, we camp, we hang out, you know, it's about the pilots, the crews, the families, the support guys, the tow guys, the fire rescue guys, the safety guys, the operations folks, everybody hangs out at night. Um, you know over over some steaks and beers and and you know for me one of the biggest things was these these folks are all competitors out there when they're racing each other but they're all wingmen they all take care of each other both in the air in the on the ground there's so many great stories and so many great pictures of uh, at night after the racing is done If you have a specialized piece of equipment or a tool that somebody else's need, you'll sit there with them and you'll hold the flashlight while they're working on their airplane, even though they may beat you the next day. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, hopefully not a permanent goodbye, but they do need a a new home and and maybe the air races will look something uh, a little bit different. If you look at the, the eaa museum there's there's displays up in oshkosh about air races in cleveland and saint augustine and tampa air race and the midland air race and all these things so maybe it'll go to some smaller regional events or something like that but uh, as you guys have talked about and experienced over there in the uk the air show circuit and the risk-averse communities are just kind of putting an end to to really the most uh, you know, this kind of event. Well, it's, uh, what it's, do you guys
1: but think? it's an iconic event, isn't it? This is this is what's so sad about this. I mean, again, you know, we joke about me not knowing a great deal about aviation, but even I know what, you know, what the Reno Air Race event is all, you know, its history, its being such an iconic thing. Well, it it's used to be so televised sad, on Channel 4. I mean,
3: yeah, it did, yeah, yeah, mm. It's
1: just so sad, I think. Yeah, yeah. you
3: know, and, and you guys had the Red Bull Air Race over there, mm. they they experienced some. That was a that was an amazing aerobatic display and, and racing display, but they they just couldn't support putting mm. on shows in the middle of cities like that.
2: Yeah,
1: just no, oh, it's just it's rubbish, so frustrating. Yeah. So I mean, are you are you
3: hoping to go, Armando? Oh yeah, we. Have, this is going to be a, a a a a bash. we're, yeah, we're going to go out with a bang. Uh, they're already my my support staff. So I'm the director of ground operations mm-hmm. um, for the West Ramp, and they I what in the 24 hours that this news has come out, I've already got a full staff of volunteers coming out to help me out on the ramp and in safety and security. Um, it we are going to make this an amazing event, and usually we end on Sunday night the racing with a killer party. I know this year it's going to be awesome, and instead of flying home Monday, I think I'm going to probably have to fly home on oh, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it sa- sounds like you have some
1: duties to carry out, unfortunately, Armando. Yes. I think somebody's just arrived
0: home. <laughs> okay. Well, we have got uh, another while Armando nips out yep. for a few minutes. Uh, next part of the show is all about the caption. It's just for fun. It's the picture we put on our social media, a Facebook page every Wednesday uh, for you to leave your amusing comments on. Now, this week's picture is quite a picture i will say uh, this can't and, uh, be real surely it it is re- it's real it's is t- it, honestly though? are you I'm sure lo- mm-hmm. it's very it much absolutely real
4: absolutely terrifying it
0: does yeah absolutely so the uh, picture for those of you listening in the world of audio world this is kind of like a a very very basic uh first form of what could only be described as uh, a uav but this <laughs> one has this one has actually got someone on The uh, platform its kind of like a a drone with propellers which aren't protected by guards with a guy standing on top. Uh, If you've not seen the picture, it was on our Facebook page. Take yourselves over there and have a look. Uh, It's on the uh, YouTube page now if you're also watching the show. For those of you who comment in the chat, we had some comments uh, on Facebook this week. And... uh, if I take the first one, Nick, I'll let you, uh, Karen, after me. So the first one came, came through from Matthew, who said, The human greater.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which You're not
0: kidding. Seems yeah. very appropriate.
1: <laughs> oh, it just sounds it's just so horrendous. I can't, I can't get my head
4: around it. <laughs> so the next one comes from Paul Tricker, who says, US Army patented exceptionally long grass cutter has just entered early testing
0: quite (laughs) Matt Uh, yes Uh, no can't do it sorry okay Paul is uh, (laughs) Paul comes back again with uh, Paul has actually come back again he says besides the captions did any unfortunate soul actually succumb to this horrendous looking machine (laughs) yes like I'm not surprised um, our very own Armando says Corporal Watson was concerned the gusty winds might take uh, make him unstable, but the colonel said it was within limits. <laughs> Nick? Uh,
4: from John Luke, NBC today provide photographic evidence of the jetpack man who's been plaguing airways around Atlanta. <laughs> um, although I think it was Los Angeles, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, he's, uh, another example of lazy reporting. Not a jet in sight is uh, also what um, yeah. John, John has added. That Nick Anderson is saying army chef chopping and dicing drills.
0: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, David says U.S. Army solution to dry English cricket pitches. Yeah, I suppose that would be a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, Not a bad idea.
1: One way of sort of yeah keeping the grass dry in, in uh, you Nick.
4: Know. Uh, one from In Atchison. Uh, become a drone pilot and move up in the world. They say this is not what I had in mind (laughs) Uh,
1: Steve says Heathrow was developing anti-drone technology as far back as the
0: 1950s (laughs) Uh, Bill makes a very good point with his comment yeah what what could go wrong what could possibly go wrong (laughs) Uh, Nick
1: Um, this one's a bit risque okay uh, i'll do it because then i'll get in trouble if it's just like yeah, so, jake says confusion amongst the barracks when they found out gary died after being um <laughs> <laughs> blown off at half and half cut we'll, we'll edit the, like that shall we yeah nick you take the next one
4: <laughs> yeah so he he follows on to say i, I don't see the issue the low pressure above generated by the blades would suck the pilot off and make it difficult for them to stand still should they fall and be cut by the blades. I don't see the issue. I don't
0: see the issue. True, absolutely. And finally, Carlos... Oh, God, blimey. Uh, John says the White House has announced that they are going to follow the King of England and have the armed forces on ceremonial parade outside. This soldier is demonstrating his ability to stand to attention when the White House is droning on.
3: (laughs) Very good. Uh, We've also got some in the the chat room. Yes, indeed. Go on, Armando. Lee Davies says uh, bullseye. (laughs) Uh, Micah just says It slices and dices Makes julienne fries Out of people (laughs) Quite (laughs) Uh, Mazus is saying Next generation space hopper I (laughs) used to have one of those (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah Richard Adams is saying G.I. Gyro G.I. That's definitely the. Uh, uh, it's uh, Mark yeah. Priestley suggesting it might be a human blender. Uh, Micah says, "Oh yes, no, we've done that. Oh yeah, uh,
0: we've done oh, that." Oh, I long. love Mark. I love Mark's comment here. I'd love to see the risk assessment on that. Yes,
1: quite. I mean, quite, oh. quite the pile of paperwork, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh uh captain ridiculous wits is suggesting that it might be the open air design aircraft. Uh, <laughs> Lee Davies is suggesting that this uh, he's, he's I thought these air fryers were supposed to be small. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, John 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 yeah. says now do a loop. Yeah, I'd love absolutely. to see that. Happen. Yeah yeah
1: yeah. Uh, May May Market Micah is saying uh careful where you step and uh, <laughs> Richard Adams is saying uh when the base needed a good flymo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can
0: I can I just point out here, guys? Can I can I just point something out here? Yeah, go on. This is something that's been designed in the US for the US Army. Doesn't surprise Armando? me, Armando.
2: Well
3: the u.s army part of it explains it so yeah, yeah. no
0: no further
1: questions my lud. yes
3: <laughs> just saying the air force probably passed on this design <laughs> do you do you think do you think okay yeah. fair enough but <laughs> yeah. oh, you know notice this isn't a, a fake picture this is a re- this, there's a real person is it, though?
1: it can't be sure it's <laughs> real no i
3: think it is a real picture yeah what Yeah, no, no. I think we need
4: to find some video for next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We need a video (laughs) of that actually. I I can't get my head around
1: that at all. I really can't. Oh, my goodness me. Anyway, don't
0: forget, if you want to contribute to the uh, comments for the pictures we post on our social media, don't forget to check out our social media pages next Wednesday when we'll put another picture up on there for you to leave your witty comments on.
3: Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Armando, time to hand things uh, over to you. Speaking of the US Army, we shall not talk about them. Let's do some Air Force stuff. Boogies
0: 13550,
2: Angel 16, Union 340. Uh-huh. Okay. No,
3: All right, Matt, uh, hopefully you're able to play out the video. Uh, the Dri- This is from the drive.com. Now, the drive uh, media team and some other public uh, media team recently got an unusually detailed look at a U.S. Air Force AC-130J Ghost Rider gunship using much of its diverse arsenal from a recent military exercise in South Korea. Now, the deployment of the AC-130, which is a, uh, it's as much as a, uh, they call it an arsenal ship, as much as a gunship these days, uh, continued... Uh, or constituted the first time that a Ghost Rider J model uh, gunship uh, entered uh, service just a few years ago has ever gone to Korea. Now, the footage which Matt is playing out right now uh, is the AC-130J tail number 5852 operated by the 4th Special Operations Squadron there at Holbert Field, Florida. Um, this was captured as part of a month-long U.S.-South Korea exercise. Now, the drill stated in uh, early started in early February and is expected to wrap up sometime... Uh, in March. Now, the video itself was released by the Republic of Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff. In this footage, we can see the AC-130J demonstrating the diversity of its munitions arsenal by hitting a small island, poor island, uh, with a variety of weapons. The demonstration begins with the deployment of three GBU-39 laser SDVs, or uh, uh, small diameter bombs, uh, compared to the standard GBU-39B, which has GPS guidance and a combination of inertial reference systems, the, this uh, SDB adds laser guidance, allowing moving targets to be hit, essentially by a dumb bomb shot from SC-130. Following this, two internally launched uh, AGM-176 Griffins, those are precision-guided missiles, are released. Those are GPS-aided uh, and then semi- semi-active laser seekers. Uh, those guys can be used for high-precision strikes on both static and moving targets. Uh, that the footage of the AC-130 firing at least one AGM-114, otherwise known as the Hellfire, pretty common missile can also be shown. There's four Hellfire missiles on a standard quad launcher under the aircraft's left, left wing at the beginning of the video. Finally is the moneymaker. We see the aircraft 30-millimeter cannon and 105-millimeter howitzer. That's a that's traditionally an army towed-behind piece of weapon weapon um, once we get off uh i'll show you i'll show you exactly what a uh, 105 uh millimeter round looks like but this particular air airplane has the older style 105 with the uh, with triangular plates and muzzle end um, but there's actually a newer one an upgraded one which you can read about on the drive.com so this is the fifth generation gunship replacing some of the uh aging ac-130w gunships which weren't actually that old uh, but after Developmental testing and evaluation in June 2015. The aircraft reached its initial operating capability in 2017. uh, The Air Force has not openly published how many AC-130Js it has, but it did say that it's hopefully acquiring a fleet of up to 37 Ghost Riders in the future. So this is part of a a exercise out there in South Korea, very public display that I don't think we've seen before. Um, Lots of people, usually around 100 hundred or so people participate in these kind of joint exercises but just for uh, just for record I'll show you this is this is what a 105 howitzer missile and 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 the round this is from an AC130 looks like now this is my head so it is at least I don't know four feet long the whole thing. Uh, I do keep this in my home office, but it is inert. I promise <laughs> I should have so. <laughs> in, in fact, this is the bullet that goes out of the airplane and onto the ground now this This can be weapon to explode when it hits something above something or penetrate through a building down into you know a second story a third story, or even go through windows the way you you do the weaponeering but this is the 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 money maker end that actually goes into your <laughs> to your car, or whatever you want to call it, but very cool video that the Air Force published. Uh, this is a, just a mean airplane, so many different weapons on it, so cool. Mm. Wouldn't want to be on the receiving end,
0: uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> That's a, that is a given, I think. Oh, dear, okay, yeah, be a handy thing to have as your best friend. I wonder if anything sort of um kicks off anywhere, you know, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and Richard Adams. Uh, says there's a great YouTube video, that is true there's a great YouTube video, if you if you just Google the uh, inside of a AC-130J uh, they did a, a great I think it's a 20 minute video on how the crew interacts and it's just so cool sorry, my daughter's just getting home from school so, oh dear, okay, um, well, I'll tell
1: you what Carlos, do you want to take the next story while Armando goes and, and does what he needs to and uh, yeah, and then uh, you can pass comment when you come back, how does that sound?
0: there we go he's off he's off okay so next story comes from the drive.com and it's all about the air mobility command's fleet of tankers and cargo planes go incognito now the u.s air force's air mobility command amc recently made a decision to remove most of the markings and tail numbers from its refueling and cargo aircraft according to a recent statement by the service Osten, uh, ostensibly AMC suggests the reason behind the change relates to operation security, although some have questioned this rationale. Confirmation of the change was first reported by Aviation Week on February the 28th, citing a recent email statement written by AMC spokesman uh, James Stewart, AMC, who oversees a majority of the Air Force's cargo aircraft and aerial refuelling tankers in combat support roles. Typically, the tails of AMC refuelling and cargo aircraft feature a small U.S. flag, the letters AMC, a custom colorized flash with the name of the aircraft's home station, and a five-digit identification number. The Air Force roundel is painted below the tail, while the US Air Force marking is displayed further downward on the fuselage. Other emblems and information are also frequently displayed elsewhere on AMC aircraft fuselages. Now, AMC refuelling and cargo aircraft will only feature the small US flag on their tails and light grey roundels designed to blend in with the overall livery. There have already been indications that the command was looking to do away with the tail flashes detailing each aircraft's home base and heritage information. Until this point, however, only active-duty AMC KC-46A Pegasus tankers were barred from displaying tail flashes under policy introduced back in 2021. In addition, the command had said at this time that the change was made primarily uh, about fleet management, making it easier for aircraft to move between units without needing to be repainted rather than OPSEC. Uh, They said we operate across the globe, Every day, often supporting sensitive movements of people and cargo. AMC statement sent to us, Aviation Week reads Understandably, we have concerns about the operational security impacts to these missions in the modern era of demand and in real time information. So, obviously, for a lot of people, uh, they get to see these aircraft. You know, we saw these, funnily enough, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Air Show. Mm. start the show um there's a lot of these military the c-17s and the aircraft there that have this you know the particular markings from where they are based and the flags and stuff on uh representing there and it's um it's kind of it's been it's been that way for so long now. It's kind of you get used to seeing these, and even when the aircraft fly over here, you know we have the KC 135s come over quite regularly. You know, with a decent enough camera lens, you can um, get quite a good shot of the tails uh, with these logos on. But it's a, it's a shame they're going to get um, rid of these, Armando. Well,
3: that that's an excellent point that you just made, Carlos. Because that's when I was reading the story, that's exactly what it made me think of: is the tail watcher community. Now, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of heritage that goes into the the markings of these aircraft. Some of you know, some of the some of the aircraft that Captain Jeff flew, they they were in combat and they were white and gray with, you know, yellow and red and blue flashes. And even, you know, you go back in history to the red tails and the silver and red markings of combat aircraft in World War II. But um I think, you know, Technology, media—you're able to access information so much faster nowadays. You know, when you when you think back about uh, about those kinds of World War II aircraft and their identifying markings, they they were to help formations gather together, figure out where they were from, who were they they were supposed to rendezvous with. If you had somebody on an adversary that was that was gonna, you know, report back to their higher command what they saw, it would take hours if not days but i think nowadays it's just the availability of information is so fast and we've seen this in some conflicts some recent military actions over the last couple of years where essentially you and i all of us that listen to the show can basically watch an entire air war going on 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 adsb on flight aware or on adsb exchange so the the ability of of real-time data to be accessible is so much more that it really genuinely is uh, an operational security concern. Um, now, Matt had posted a picture there of the KC-135. That's the Box D 100th Air Refueling Wing at RAF Mildenhall. Um, and and I want to kind of wrap this up because I I really actually appreciated the photographer community, the tail watcher community uh, there at Mildenhall, Lake and Heath, uh, Alcanbury, all of our U.S. bases.
1: I'll give you was, one guess where that came from. By the way, who that came from? <laughs> uh,
3: does it does it rhyme with Lonathan Marner? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's funny is that's a pretty close-up picture too. Um, yeah. But the in Jonathan Warner yeah. can he broke he essence. broke in. It's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> and that's and that's how I'll end it. Which is, it's such a tight community that photographers all know each other. They travel around to the same bases. They know what is normal and our security forces are uh our uh, force protection individuals and entities on the military bases actually had relationships with those kind of tail watchers and photographers because they were going to be actually our first line of defense when somebody not normal somebody with perhaps malicious intent or nefarious thoughts when they showed up and tried to infiltrate those kinds of photographers and aviation enthusiast groups those guys would be able to spot something not normal immediately. Mm. So we had what's called an Eagle Eyes program where any ordinary citizen, and especially that close relationship with our with our British friends in East Anglia, um, they, they had a direct number to the Ministry of Defense, Police, and the uh, U.S. Air Force Security Forces where they were able to report if something didn't look normal um, right there you know on the base perimeter so i i actually really really appreciate that community um yeah nice nice thanks armando great stories as always
1: uh say this we we have this sort of like sort of like almost obsession, shall we say, with the the KC one three five. We're just so desperate for it to sort of like because this this is the one that had all the trouble, wasn't it, with the with the refueling boom and and like they had to change the software at short notice and all nope. that kind
3: of thing, isn't it? No, uh, no, that's actually the KC forty six res- the, the replacement for this. <laughs> the, the KC one thirty five is a venerable, <laughs> combat proven. It's been around for. I don't know, sixty years at least. Wow, um Okay. Yeah. 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 So the the KC-135 is is the workforce with the replacement, the... right? Yeah, it's okay. the KC-46 uh, replacement that's having all those troubles. Ah, okay, right, sorry. No, oops. something
0: oops. I'll teach me when it trying to be clever. We know you're clever, <laughs> Matt, anyway. You've been learning all these years. Yeah, I know, yeah. Now, <laughs> anyway. quick something to add before we uh, have a quick chat with Nick. Just a quick mention, uh, our listener, Sturman, who's in the chat room at the moment. He's just popped in. He's uh, having, having a family get-together at the moment. Now, do you remember Armando back, was it last year? I think uh, you got the chance to meet up with Sturman with me at Duxford, didn't you? Had a little, we had a little uh, meet up there. Yeah. Uh, well, it. Uh, well, there he is. He's on. <laughs> there we go on the screen. Very good. Uh, well, actually, Sturman had uh, some great news last week. He actually uh, he's got engaged Aww. to Mel. And uh, he took Mel away, and uh, they he popped the question, and uh, she said yes. Obviously, because he's um, he loves aviation, so that's obviously a, a good start, military aviation. And she said yes. So um, yeah, he wanted oh, to yeah. uh, let all the community know that uh, oh, next oh. next year he shall be uh, getting married. What do you think, uh, Armando? Ooh, I, I, I need to a... I need to buy a hat.
3: <laughs> Does she know what she's getting into? That's my question. <laughs> Ah yeah joining joining this community. Yeah yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, we'll go one
1: or two
3: ways. <laughs> I know I I think I think uh, I
0: think uh, Sturman was going to was going to send an invite to you to come as well, armando Yeah.
3: Or oh, you know what, I would love to.
2: Yeah. But you know
3: what, speaking of the community, let's uh let's get a uh let's get to know Nick cuz he's been he has yeah. been back there hiding. I first of all, I want to know the uh, what is the airplane in the background? RV-6, RV-7?
4: Ah, oh, that's a good question, actually. So um, if you remember the uh, the interview that I did with uh, Elliot Seguin.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. This oh, yeah.
4: is actually, I, I took a screenshot from his Instagram feed, actually. This is a, an aircraft that he uses regularly. Uh, so he's based at Mojave, um, but he does test pilot work in um, sort of Los Angeles area, and he commutes between the two using this aircraft it's a i believe it's called a thorpe and i think it was built in the 1950s and it's a yeah it's a really cool little plane so it's a it's a twin seater uh, i think it's a four piston um, yeah i think
3: so i think it's probably
4: got yeah, so it's a 360
3: 320 in it something like yeah
4: that. and it's a side by side and it, yeah it's a super cool little plane um tail dragger and and yeah and and he's he's actually been attempting to do a trip across country in it but i think he's been thwarted by the weather unfortunately it's a little bit a little bit of winter weather up in in uh, northern california at the moment
3: yeah it snowed in santa barbara and that's like a Nicolas cage <laughs> brendan Fraser movie I actually just spoke to someone from santa barbara airport authority <laughs> yesterday and and i they were we were laughing at that that it basically they are just north of hollywood and it is a hollywood movie with the the end of days there in california
4: <laughs> yeah i but, would imagine that that uh, yeah snowing in in hollywood is probably they're probably even even less acc- accustomed to it than we are here in
0: the uk i can i can yeah. only imagine the chaos
2: <laughs> oh yeah
0: so so nick what what brings you to uh, to ptuk how long have you um, been there uh tuning that's in a, as i say that's a
4: really good question um i'm gonna say probably at least i've probably gone back at least to 200 episodes more oh my more. goodness more than me um <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good long good long while mm. um so i yeah so i originally started listening to apg <gasps> Oh no! Um, The other show. Sorry. I go and wash my mouth out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anyway, thanks for joining us, Nick. And um... (laughs) Um, yeah, and I think uh, yeah, so I sort of came across to to you guys from there. Um, So yeah, so I I mean I kind of got into listening to podcasts when they were still quite niche, really. Mm. Um, so probably, you know, maybe 15 years ago, you know, you sort of say to people, oh, I listen to podcasts, and they sort of give you a funny yeah. step a back. A what now? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and actually, it was, it was kind of tricky to find good aviation content. Um, and he's still uh, looking, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> I queued you up nicely for that. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it would be interesting to, to try and find out How long it's been but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's possibly as much as 10 years maybe even a bit longer than that
1: wow wow that's still uh, quite cool so
4: i mean i I mean i follow your um
1: i I mean i follow your your social media and um they are always what i can only describe as stunning photographs of uh what well, i think is i think it's more than one bike i've seen in the these a very beautiful motorcycle or two uh, has has been known to frequent your uh, your social media with yeah. uh, the the glorious devon devonshire countryside in in the background quite a lot of the time
4: yeah i think i think my yeah my my instagram is either photographs of motorbikes in different locations um or or <laughs> pictures of my children which is yeah well no, that's uh, fair yes absolutely. obligatory but, of course uh, yes know, yes it's, it's the just, law isn't it possibly yeah. not very interesting yeah. anybody
0: else, <laughs> not at all not <laughs> a, a, is, is your is your love of aviation kind of um passed on with the family as well Is the wife interested in it and uh, kids
4: <laughs> i i don't know where it comes from that's the weird thing so i i um I'd always had a fascination with with going on an airplane. Um, my very first opportunity to actually go on an aeroplane was when i was 9 years old um my dad got uh, a secondment to go and work in america so we went and lived in america for a year so we we all flew out to the states on a on a 747 um top deck um and so i kind of i i really hit it off there with with a you know really cool experience of going on an aeroplane um but that, no there's no there's no kind of prior family history of, of flying or anything like that in the family other than um i believe that my uh my grandmother on my mum's side during the war actually took a ride in a two-seater spitfire oh wow mm. my mum my mum swears that that story is true but we don't really have any kind of evidence <laughs> to back it up well i don't suppose you did though i mean mm. you know
1: it wasn't necessarily very easy to just take a photo then was it it's no uh... exactly
4: yeah so, uh, yeah. but no, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm the guy sat back in economy, hoping that both the pilots have had the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't oh, worked out so far. No, Armando.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and ne- next time you fly, you need to remember to wear, to wear a PTK, uh, t-shirt and then obviously <laughs> you, you'll be buff bumped up into, um, you know, premium.
4: Well, funnily enough, <sighs> one of my, one of my colleagues, um, has just done a trip out to the States. Um, and his connecting flight was going from Atlanta uh, to Alabama, and he would have been going on a on an Acme 717. So no, I did tell him to look out for a a, a certain gentleman with well, a well quite moustache.
0: <laughs> um, it wasn't yeah. to be though. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, uh, you've got to, you've got to be quick because that he's only got what less than two years now, isn't it, Matt? Jeff, Captain what?
3: Jeffy, I think was, I think was less than. <laughs> It, yeah armando knows <laughs> i think it's later this year oh he's year, got like it? 300 days yeah oh really oh gosh less than a year wow
1: okay yeah, oh, wow. Year. gosh yeah yeah so so what um sort of have you done any sort of flying have you had any sort of app you know would you like to get in the cockpit and, and do some actual oh, flying no, whether
4: it's definitely even um, if it's
1: like uh sort of you know just ga class and stuff like that yeah
4: yeah absolutely um i mean i'm i'm bordering on having a large birthday so i think i have sort of left probably left it a little bit late to have a a career as a pilot um unfortunately Mm. um but yeah i would definitely like to do um, some ga in fact i was uh with the with the story that um carlos read earlier about the cost of of getting the pilot's license i was Mm. looking at the cost of um doing some flying at my local airport at exeter um and there's a there's a club there and it you know and it you're talking about sort of an hourly rental Mm. between 165 and £200 an hour. Yeah. You know, it's an expensive business to get Mm. into, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah,
1: It is fun, though. There is something about, you know, even I'm the first to admit, there is something quite exciting about um, sort of... uh, Armando took me for a little flight around here, and, of course, we flew around Bungie and and all that kind of thing, which is where me and Carlos are from. Uh, And it was just, yeah, it's one of those. It's just... Oh, it it looks incredible from you know the world looks incredible from the air. I think there's no way, no two ways about it. And like, I mean, this is the thing. Like Armando, I'm going to throw this to you. Actually, I mean, is that something that do do, do you sort of like kind of almost accidentally take it for granted the views that you see like literally every day? Uh,
3: No, I don't know. I've I've been flying for twenty eight. Years ish, and it. I just said the other day, it never gets old, you mm. know. And I mentioned earlier coming back from Key West, I was by myself, single pilot, 25,000 mm. feet, coming from Key West back to Charlotte. And uh, it was just me in the airplane, and I, I turned all of the displays, all of the lights down, and I had nothing but the moonlight uh, shining on top of the clouds, which were probably at 20,000 feet. It was um, a surreal experience transcendental experience and just the other day you know i was i was mentioning to my co-pilot that no matter how you try to explain it you try to take pictures you try to take videos uh never does it justice and until you see it person it just doesn't get old not to me at least
1: no i bet i bet Uh, So, uh, in terms of just sort of coming back to Nick, now now Nick's uh, very kindly agreed to uh, join our our behind-the-scenes team, uh, helping out with the research and gathering uh, news and stories and things like that. Well, we uh, hope he is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, So thank you very much for for that, Nick. We're hoping that... uh, yeah, it'll just, because uh, obviously uh, all very, very busy, as we all are, so it's uh, just sort of trying to get, you sort of looking forward to having a bit of help, really, with, with that. So uh, looking forward to having you on the team, sir.
4: Yeah, Happy to help out. I mean, it, it's great to be able to give a little bit back and, you know, I'm sure as a lot of people that listen to the show regularly will say it, you know, it provides a lot of entertainment to us all. Um, not only just listening in, in audio form, but uh, contributing in the chat room as well. There's, yeah. There's, a, there's a, a lot of good entertainments we had in the chat room, so I would yeah. highly recommend it to anybody that's, yeah. that's listening on audio is, is get yourself over to YouTube.
1: They're far better than, than us, to be honest with you. As I say, we're very lucky to have it. So I think that was one of the, the best things, wasn't it, when we, when we sort of switched to doing like live recordings rather than um,
0: like pre-recorded shows, Carlos. But all those years ago... Um, As I always said, that the chat room, are, the chat room are there to entertain us hosts. Yeah, absolutely. You well, and they,
2: they,
1: they without question have the better questions for the guests, and the, uh, and the access of like the immediate knowledge that's available from legends like Uncle Micah and and uh, Captain Ridiculous Wits and John Jester and uh, you know Richard Adams. You know if, we, if we've got anything to do with G8, loads of people there with uh, great stories, and it's it's uh, it's great. It's usually the conversation turns to food at some point during the the recording it has to be said in the chat room but, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah anyway it's sad news I'm afraid Carlos we are out of time
0: oh have we got to do the social media stuff now uh,
1: well yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 very easy yeah. I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do it I'll do it very quickly then here you go oh, hang on he's pressed the wrong
0: button now. Oh, hang on okay you can join yeah. us if you don't already know <laughs> we are on Facebook Twitter and Instagram search your social medias for Plain talking UK don't forget Get our WhatsApp number, which is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one 66 if you want to send us some great pictures in for our green screens. Or you can email us, podcast at com as well. Send us an email. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, don't forget to check out our website, All the com is our website. And why not subscribe, as we said at the top of the show, to our YouTube channel, where you'll get to, to see us when we go live on a Friday night at 7 o'clock. And you can join us in the chat room. And also on our website, don't forget to check out our store, where you can purchase yourself a glorious PTUK 100% cotton T-shirt with embroidered logo and stuff on there. There's still some of those available if you've not already got yourself one. And also on the store, there is those fantastic, amazing mugs which you can purchase for yourself there we've got the military grey mugs yeah. as well on there as well so don't forget to have a look on there and also if you want to become a patron or donate to the show there's links on the website if you want to become a patron to the show or donate a small few few quid to the show to support matt's yeah. uh, love of cables <laughs> I love collecting them. What can I say? He loves collecting (laughs) them. Indeed. So we are going to wrap up episode 447 of the show. Big thanks to Nick for joining us tonight. Thanks for uh, joining the team this evening. Nick, it's been great to have you on.
4: Happy to be here. Thanks very much for inviting
2: me.
0: And also a big thanks to Armando as well for joining us this evening as well. Thanks, always good to see you, Armando, with these with the tails wagging in the background. <laughs> there, always good to see. And uh, thanks to Matt for being in the studio and pushing all the right buttons as well. As in well. the right, right order right. this week as well. And in that the right makes a change, order, is not it? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that is it. We're out of time. So that's it from me here in the home studio, from Matt in the Master Suite studios, from Armando in his glorious home studio, and from Nick all the way down there in beautiful Devon. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend, whatever you're up to, and we'll see you next Friday. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye. Bye.